0: Of the month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome back to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and in this episode, I sat down with the one and only Martha Plimpton. She has a rare ability to be completely comfortable in her own skin when she's just talking, and then embody a zillion different characters, which she's done for over three decades in over 35 different film and TV productions, as well as on and off Broadway. In the fall, she'll be on Broadway with uh, Glenn Close and John Lithgow starring in A Delicate Balance. Our conversation was taped live at Joe's Pub, and it was such a fascinating and fun interview. I hope you enjoyed Hi! The, the director of Raising Hope, the television show you were on on Fox, right. said that he can't listen to the song anymore because he gets too sad because he misses ha- doing the show with you.
1: Oh, he's such a pussy
0: (laughs) I love him but he's a sap that's why I love him though um was that your longest like I don't want to say day job but was that was that yeah that's my longest day job four years it's my longest day job it's incredible now your parents met on the on hair right at the Biltmore when it was the
1: original one the original not the fake one that came after no, no, I don't mean the most recent one that was here that was excellent. I thought it, it was very good. Um, but there were other fake ones after that. And then there was a movie. Did you guys see the movie? I thought it sucked. But, I mean... <laughs> mostly because my mother's number wasn't in the movie. Oh. It was the only number that wasn't in the movie. Because, as they said to her at the time, they couldn't find anybody to do it as well as her. So she was like, well, fucking hire me. What the fuck? <laughs> But anyway, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Having parents who are, you know, phenomenal actors, did you ever want to rebel and be like, I'm going to be an accountant or a lawyer?
1: I can't spell or uh, add.
0: So it was never in the comments. I
1: can't spell or add. So I can't be a lawyer or an accountant.
0: And I was just curious, like, growing up, you're in these incredible plays, and I was wondering if it was odd if, like, a a friend who's not acting they're like come do puppets and you're like oh i have julie tamar What making go back puppets, puppets one <laughs> was it hard to relate to other kids who weren't um as educated as you were growing I'm up? i'm not educated <laughs> but from theater you were doing these very serious plays and working with elizabeth swatos and well i went to a school all right so i first i
1: went to the public school and that was fine and i got really really bullied but I learned early on that politics was not for me because when I ran for class president in public school, I ran on the no bullies platform. <laughs> <laughs> and my, when I got up to give my speech, I said... And I will not be bounced around like a beach ball. (laughs) And I got really intense. And I was like, my rhetorical gifts were clearly in evidence. But my teacher was laughing behind me. So I learned that was not for me. So then after public school, I went to PCS and... PCS, which we call professional cocksuckers, but which is actually <laughs> professional children's school. <laughs> it's a wonderful school. It's just a name that the kids call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, had a lot of children who were professional, who were like not just actors, but also dancers and ice skaters and tennis players and musicians. So I went to a school with people who did a lot of the same kind of thing that I did. So I didn't feel very out of place. And that's a very long answer to your no, very kind it, question.
0: It was, it was a perfect, perfect answer. I wanted to ask also, you're economically sufficient, basically, at age 12. You're doing these movies and you're making...
1: Well, 11? but I was... I, yeah, but yes and no. Okay, okay. Because when you work at age 12, that doesn't mean you never have to work again. It just means you have to keep working from the age of 12. But did
0: you feel... Did you? I have fantasies, what can I tell you? (laughs) Did it make you more adept at at handling money, knowing about it at a young age?
1: I'm probably um, just the same as anybody else when it comes to handling money. I just panic about it, uh, maybe a little bit more. You know, I have more expectation, more fantasy that I will end, you know, end up with nothing. But that's again, as I say, the average person has those probably same feelings. I've just had them since I was 12. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you went to Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago, right. Did that. Was that a home for you? How did you find Steppenwolf?
1: I loved that they uh, were willing to have me because it's the one place in the country, in the U.S. anyway, where there's um, a company of resident actors and they will prioritize those resident actors over anybody else so even though they're a not-for-profit theater they don't need some big famous movie star to come and be in their play they have their resident company of actors it doesn't mean they're a repertory theater it just means they're a resident company and and you know obviously they have a great reputation and it, it completely actually did change my life and the trajectory of what I was doing yes when when I joined that company
0: and you've done so much theater yeah. I was just curious um, if you ever had to do side jobs or anything like that to be able to support. When I was eight,
1: I put coins into those little paper things in the uh, things at my mother's office. Sorry about the, th- But that's what I did. And I did that I did that once and the guy who s- said how much would you like to me to pay you for this job and I said oh I don't know five dollars and he said an hour? <laughs> he was really offended. So I said no just five dollars. Anyway that's a really good story and it's going to be coming out in my memoirs. <laughs> um, it's just a preview of what you have to look forward to.
0: Now, a lot of people will talk about, you know, people in their profession who inspired them, but I have heard you talk about your Nana, and I I wanted to hear about her because she really was an inspiration to you.
1: My Nana was uh, an extraordinary woman. My Nana, her name, well, her name was not Nana. Uh, Her name uh, was Beatrice Spear. And she was an extraordinary woman who was born on uh, or near Arthur Avenue, grew up on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. And she was not a blood relative. You could probably tell by looking at me that I'm not visibly Jewish. Yeah,
0: I don't see any horns. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but my Nana was a Jewish woman uh, who raised me with her, with her daughters. Um, anyway, she was an extraordinary woman. She sort of became like a surrogate grandmother to me. When my mother and I had nothing and nowhere to go, I was about two years old, she allowed us to move in with her on the Upper West Side. She had previously lived uh, at 444 Central Park West, which was, at the time she lived there, known as the Little Kremlin, because there were a lot of... (laughs) It's funny, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because there were a lot of um, Jewish communists and socialists who lived in this building, Um, among them Waldo Salt, who was a blacklisted screenwriter you may have heard of. Uh, Lee Grant lived there. Anyway, a lot of interesting people lived in this building, and, and Nana was one of them. And so anyway, she had us move into her apartment on Hunter Street, and she really did help raise me. She was instrumental in getting this is such a corny story but i'm so proud of her she was instrumental in getting the first you know those rubber mats at the bottom of the playground you know that keep kids from mm. dying when they fall <laughs> she she had those installed at her girl's school that was the first time they had been installed this was in the mid 60s and she was so successful and she was such a good campaigner that Bella Abzug said to her you should run for city council And uh, my nana said, no, I will not run for city council. I'm too busy being an accountant (laughs) and a mother. So anyway, there are a lot of stories about my nana, but that's one of them.
0: Did you get your, I I, I I wouldn't be the sole source of it, but were you inspired politically? Because you are very politically active. Yes.
1: My nana was a huge part of my political education. Uh, There are many things I grew to disagree with her about. She was obviously because she was a member of a generation that deeply believed in Zionism, and she was, uh, you know, uh, her family were deeply affected by the Holocaust. She was a a Zionist. But uh, she and I disagreed many times on current policy, obviously, um, but she was uh, She was also, I don't think I told you this, she was the accountant for the New York City chapter of the Freedom Riders. Oh, wow. I know. Don't
0: you love that? She's an unbelievable. She was
1: an awesome woman. And she, she deeply believed in racial justice and social justice and economic justice. She was a fantastic woman, although she kept a low profile. I have a lot of respect for people who... Who follow those principles in their daily lives but don't need to be recognized for it. I think that's an extraordinary thing. They just do what they believe is right, they do what they have to do over and over again. Of course, in her later years, when she was in the home, she got a little confused. <laughs> I just.
0: You mean, well, I want to be. All, all I don't want to be or? overly
1: romantic about my nana. Okay. At for a time, now she I'm confused. she moved a little bit for a little bit to Miami, and when she came back, she had a little bit of a problem. I don't want to overly romanticize her, is what I'm saying. What she the, had her, her issues.
0: What What was the problem when she when she went to Miami? She got into too much boxing Nana, or something. Nana. Not that
1: I believe in this, but <laughs> Nana. Uh she had a little bit of a problem with the, with the Dominicans. <laughs> oh, she you. did. I'll say it. I'm just going to say I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't have the problem. Yeah. My nana did.
0: I'm glad we got this squared away here, yeah. though.
1: It's important not to overly... She would appreciate me not romanticizing her. She would say, Martha, yeah. ugh, stop. Anyway... <laughs>
0: But this is it is it is important to have imperfectly perfect role models and um, i wanted to ask you about a is for abortion that's an organization that i've Oh with.
1: yeah. Well the abortion part isn't at the end but it could oh, be. Oh sorry. I added a no, could it's for fine.
0: apple it could be for anybody. Yeah,
1: okay. a, a is for apple is also yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, good if it has something to do with abortion. <laughs> but
0: now, it is an
1: abortion it, yeah, it, we're it. an abortion rights advocacy group, and we these are our ribbons. Do you see my little ribbon, my A? That's my scarlet letter. And I think anyone who believes in, in women's physical rights should wear one because uh, abortion is the final stigma in American culture that we really haven't addressed or dealt with.
0: The only one?
1: No, it's not the only one, Yeah. but it's the final one. I mean... If today was not a great day, let's no, put it that way. No.
0: I do I do love those bumper stickers, pro choice, pro child, pro family. Yes. Because it is all in the hope of, of raising a wonderful culture where everyone who wants to be here should be here and everyone who can take care of children has the right to do so when they can. Right.
1: No. Or not. Or not. Absolutely. Or if they choose not to. I mean Absolutely. One in three women in the United States has had or will have an abortion. One in three. That's a pretty impressive statistic, and it's true. That's more people than are gay, right?
0: Who have had an abortion.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's it's a lot of women. It's, yeah. it's a normal part of women's health care and women's Absolutely. lives. It's a normal event in women's lives, and we need to stop treating it like it's some sort of pathological, weird thing that happens only on occasion or when someone's raped. That's not really the
0: case i feel like you are in a room of many many supporters so i will i hope e- encourage so encourage everyone to go out i hope so if you haven't gotten an abortion today i encourage you to go out and get one
1: one in three women in this room has had an abortion raise your hands come on come on see this is the front. thank you honey <laughs> And this is afraid. the problem. Too many women are afraid to acknowledge and to talk about abortion and to admit that they've had one, or more than one. And the reason for that is social and cultural shame and stigma, as if somehow abortion is a woman's failure rather than a woman's choice well, and I decision. Think
0: and, I, I, and I would encourage us to look at it as... As people, not just women, but but that men and women are joined in this. Um, Speaking of a cultural failure, you worked for a pharmaceutical company.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Uh, Writing poetry for them.
1: Look, I told you about this in confidence, (laughs) and I hoped. (laughs) No, I mean, since this show is about work. Yes. Well... We all know that actors don't always get work, right? And they're actors. I have no
0: idea what you're talking about, but yes, other actors. Yes,
1: actors go through periods of, you know, dry spells where they don't have uh, an income, and they have to find other creative ways to make a living. Excuse me. That
0: got her. The belch. I don't know why. It's not good. No no one was assuming that a pharmaceutical company was securing good poetry. So don't worry about that part.
1: <laughs> First of all, I just want to point out this like 40 pages of directions that I wrote because I'm such a control freak.
0: I, I, what's sad is like right now I'm they thinking, should read it and blah, blah, blah. This could be my day job is what Do I'm thinking. Do you want making. me to read... They're really bad and long. So maybe just one. I think we can tolerate one.
1: All right, there are subjects. Do you want me to read you the titles and you can tell me which one you, you want me to read?
0: <laughs> yes, do you need me to hold The first anything? one
1: is pride.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think pride. When you guys think no, no, of... No, you have to
1: hear all of them oh. before you decide.
0: <laughs>
1: Passion. Ooh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> all right, let's... I, I want... I want wait, a,
1: wait, there's I more want choices, applause. Katie. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Martha. The next one is performance, <laughs> but that seems to have multiple parts. Oh. <laughs> and then there's a coda.
0: Okay, so, so uh, uh, by your hands, by your applause, who wants coda?
1: Nobody, nobody wants coda.
0: By your hands, who wants Passion. <laughs> I'm voting for passion. Fuck, this is so awful. All right, we're ready for passion. Can we have a drum roll, please, for passion? Son of a bitch. You guys, let's give her a hand beforehand because I'm very, very grateful, her for doing this.
1: No, you guys, I can't read this. It's so bad. It's not... First of all, let me just... I just want to preface this by saying... I'm not a poet. I don't write poetry. I don't know anything about poetry. I I hate poetry. This is, this is advertising. Fuck, shut up. It starts so badly that I can't.
0: All right, let's get to it. Fuck. Ugh.
1: Passion. Fuck. Oh. And so. That's how it starts. And so. You can tell already. Who are you?
0: Fuck. Wait, did it really say fucking? This and- takes a lot of balls, okay, Katie?
1: <laughs> Who are you? My heart is a locomotive, and I am the fire. <laughs> <laughs> who are you my mind is a thoroughbred and I am the muscle <laughs> who are you my stole is a star and I am the light I am passion the victory of man <laughs> oh my god it's so bad I am passion, the power of one. It's an ad, it's an ad. I am passion, the vision of many. <laughs> I am passion, the force of change. There's more. Driven by fire. I, <laughs> I Hurtle towards greatness. See, I have no shame, I have no pride. I'm just like you. (laughs) Powered by muscle, I race for hope. Shining with belief, I light my own way. (laughs) By a, sorry, tectonic shift. In the way things are to the way things can be. The promise of the future Being in our, believing in ourselves, we overcome. While more timid souls sleep, we move the magic of healing. We are the selling force for change. And the body of the world is ours to remake. I paid my rent with that, people.
0: how much Don't you- <laughs> laugh.
1: I paid my rent.
0: How much did you get for that? What? Because I kind of think it'd be a good day job for me. I can write that poorly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it wasn't that
0: much. I got you... Um. Raina, Jesus Maria, no rails, make me feel better about what poet. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, letters mm-hmm. to a young poet that's so nice. Just in case you It's you, not going to teach me how to write poetry, but Well, what's wonderful about you is you are such a phenomenal actor that nobody wants you to quit that as your day job. I can oh say. Jesus. <laughs> um I also got you some vodka so that you won't you won't have to remember reading all of that poetry. <laughs> um, I am so thrilled to have you a- on the show, Martha. Can you promise that you will come back again and of again? Of course I will, Katie. Just, like, Any such time. a treat to have you. It's my pleasure heart. to
1: humiliate Thank myself you know, for you.
0: Martha Clemson, one and only. Oh, wait, I wanna just thank Martha Plimpton again. Thanks to all of you for listening. Do go check out aisfor.org. It's a cause that Martha Plimpton is actively involved in and you can be as well. It's a phenomenal site. Just go to aisfor.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Ian Mazel for editing this together to Joe's Pub. And subscribe on iTunes. We'll be back with the next live episode, September 18th at Joe's Pub. And that's going to be with Al Jaffe of Mad Magazine. Uh, Can't wait to see you there. And until then, keep listening because we have amazing episodes coming up. Um, I really just want to say thank you. Namaste. Talk to you soon. Adios. Hasta luego.